tonight on Whiskey Waffle. The Highlands basically is where sort of it gets high. New Zealand, just a reminder for our listeners, is a country that has quite a few sheep. Always with pink marshmallows. That is the classic flavour of Ardbeg. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Hello, 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 hello. Is that enough hellos? Maybe. I could I could chuck in a few more if you like. Go hello. for it, Ted. Hello, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> and uh, now we've said all our hellos, welcome along to the Whiskey Waffle Podcast. This is episode number 23. My name is Nick. My name is Ted. And uh, yeah, we're going to be rambling about some whiskey-related topics for the next... Um, well, you'll probably get about 40 minutes, but the unedited version, well, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hours. longer. Yeah. Hours of fun. Yeah, yeah. Ted says laughing as, as he stares at me as the one that does all the editing. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I, I fully contribute to all the waffling that happens. I mean, your problem usually is... You, I. So we do the recording session and we have each a few drinks and as usual, we get sort of quite verbose. Indeed. Um, and then the next day, or whenever he gets on to editing, he's always like, Ted, we've recorded too much again. We <laughs> said that we would keep the sections short and concise. And look what happened. I've got 25 minutes of this one that we said we we're going to do five minutes on, and now I've got to fit it into an episode. Ah, uh, yes. And having said that, we're already a minute in, and we haven't even really got into the intro. Anyway, so... Oh, yeah. What are we doing? What so, we- yes, after last episode, which was much more of a Tassie focus, we decided we're going back to Scotland for this episode, going back to the motherland to talk about a, a Scottish whiskey and uh, even a Scottish waffle topic. Yep. Always a good topic to uh, have a have a little waffle about. We do like us some Scotland, but in saying that... Yes. In saying that, the first thing we're actually going to talk about is Tasmania again. <laughs> you knew it was coming, didn't you? Last episode, we were talking about some of our thoughts and perhaps some rumours of things that might have been going on in the Tassie whiskey industry, and um, we've actually had some more information come to light. Mm, yes. Now, we did mention that uh, last episode that Australian Whiskey Holdings, AWH, is a publicly listed company. Mm. And the, the interesting thing is, good, good old publicly listed companies, because they have shareholders, mm. and because they have shareholders, they have shareholder reports that are publicly accessible. Yes, and published online. Yep. And so we did a bit of digging, and we've yeah. Yeah, found, found some interesting things that are sort of... One from the second quarter, I think, so quite, mm. quite recently updated. We found a lot of... A lot of extra information, which actually confirmed a few of our thoughts. Now, I did come out saying that I expected there would be some sort of cheaper lark that was going to be released. My bold prediction was it was going to be under $100. I didn't get that part right, but there is actually a new cheap lark coming. There sure is. And what is it called? Um, it's called Beethoven Symphony Number no. One. Very close. Uh, lark Symphony Number no. One. I okay. Believe. Yes. Yes. Lark Beethoven. Which it's... which is a blend? Is it is it a blend or is it a marriage? I don't think it said a marriage at all. No, um, but it didn't really say blend either. So, um, it basically, Wafflers, leave it to us. We're going to find out some more information about this Symphony Number no. 1, and we'll post on our social media and let you guys know. Yep. So, we we also found... And we said... Right, we've got to remember, we said that we'd keep this short and concise. Yes. So, for the next 20 minutes, <laughs> have some more information. Indeed. Now, this, this, this little bit is interesting. I won't read them all, but um, this is... To quote unquote, the Lark Ten Step Strategic Playbook. Oh, so this is this is the steps that uh, Lark or AWH, the the power behind the the shadow. I, men I like behind the fact the they've used playbook. Like yep. that's <laughs> yep. This is this is all sort of marketing speak to to hype the shareholders up and get them really excited. Yeah, by, it just still feels a bit Hugh Hefner, doesn't it? Yep. Um. Right. So there's ten ten steps. Now there's a couple of interesting ones in here. Number two is clean up the mess and clean reset the, the foundations. 
That is really interesting. So by mass, are they referring to the Nant situation? Yeah, well, there is a bit of that. So the whole the whole of the uh, the whole of the Nant thing, there's sort of been bad blood uh, so through that. It's not that. just us imagining this. Like if this is printed on their on their meeting notes. Mm. And you predicted that they're aiming predominantly for an Asian market as well, and they yes. state that, don't they? Yeah, no, they do. They are it's this whole penfolds of whiskey thing. Yep. Number four is build luck into a power brand with broad appeal and an Asian relevance. So yeah. AWH are gunning gunning for overseas. They they can see a big market share over over there, and they're keen to get in on that. They're also showing off their shiny new toy. Yep. With the whole with the whole um, COVID thing, um, there's been a big shortage of hand sanitizer around the place. Now, Lark, which and plastered all over the papers, the premier was there and uh, shaking, well, not shaking hands, not bumping elbows with people about it. But Lark basically got this massive, biggest column still in Tasmania. It's quite a complicated looking beast. Mm. Um, it got built by Steelsmiths um, in Tasmania, and it was built, I believe, in six weeks, which um, I think the report said that usually it would take about six to 12 months to build, but they got it rushed through in six weeks. And they seem to have a very sort of comprehensive plan about how they're going to use it for um, making uh, hand sanitizer. But, but, Ted, you know what else you can do with a big old column still? Mm. You can make grain whiskey. You can. And I just wonder, I did predict a Tasmanian blend in a few years. Maybe mm. they've now got the resources to do that once the, the yes. global need for hand sanitizer. They're making... Hand sanitizer. Bigger air quotes from Ted yep. there, yeah. But who knows? The, the current need for hand sanitizer is still pretty high. So now there was there was uh, another another interesting thing that I noticed in this. So there's there's a um, thing that they're talking they're sort talk- of talking about what their successes have been, what they're like looking at doing in the future. Like their Christmas cask sold out in three weeks, they were pretty happy with that. As you would be. They're doing a national advertising campaign, but there is a just this. Picture there with a little little subtitle, no no sort of nothing else about it really. It says first barrel of Project AX8. That's Alpha X-ray Eight. AX8. That sounds like a sort of suspicious chemical, doesn't it? It, it maybe could it's be. super whiskey. Maybe, no no. You know what it is? What barrel aged hand sanitizer? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, no, I, I I literally have no idea, but that will be very interesting to find out what that is. Mm. Maybe maybe that's the blend. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Although generally, sort of age yeah. the barrels individually and then yeah, blend no, together at the end. Maybe maybe they're doing something funny. Yeah, probably isn't blend. I think that's about it. Apart from the fact that they're looking at increasing their revenue quite considerably in the next uh, yeah. the next six years, they're looking at going from about five million dollars in value up to about twenty four million, twenty five million dollars worth okay. in value. Yeah, so- well, this is this is what happens though. If you watch enough Dragons Den, they'll mm. have their projections. First year like negative five dollars. The second year five dollars profit. Third year ten dollars. Fourth year one million dollars. It just sort of rapidly expands later on in the sort of intangible future. Whether whether that sort of comes around or not, but I mean, I suppose the point of it is. AWH has plans, man. They're 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 looking big. They're looking to expand. They they want to become that Penfolds, and they've they've been building up their base stocks, and they're looking at getting their production solid for the next few years. Yeah. I'd just like to point out one thing. So um, on the on the page that talks about the Lark Symphony Number One, it yes. says a brave new whiskey for a brave new world. <laughs> 
There um, you go. Well, Ted, I think we've talked about Tasmanian whiskey for long yes. enough because the episode hasn't officially started yet. So now, what? Let's uh, surely we're partway through a waffle. Yeah, well, indeed, it sounds like we are. But no, we're in fact going to Scotland for our waffle today. So let's pour something Scottish and get started. Sorry, that's my um bagpipe impression. <laughs> it's better than the real thing. The waffle. It's not too late to re-record the the jingle. The Waffle. Nick. Yes. Let's talk Scotland. Yeah, excellent. Um, What part of Scotland? Well, that's a very good question. Let's talk bits of Scotland. Excellent. The bits underneath the kilt? Or... Yeah, well, I mean, that's an entirely different discussion. <laughs> if you know about uh, the bits under a kilt, uh, no, don't write into us about that. <laughs> don't send any on the carrier pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I don't think the carrier pigeon would like that much. Um, yes, no, let's talk bits of Scotland. So, it's it's sort of a commonly known thing, but if you're listening for the first time and you know nothing about whiskey or you don't know anything about uh, Scottish whiskey, Scotland is divided into regions. Indeed. You could kind of call them whiskey states. Mm. They don't mean anything in sort of a meaningful sense outside um, outside whiskey, but it's a broad way of... Dividing up styles within the uh, Scottish whiskey sort of yeah, scene. Really handy for marketing, really hand of, handy for getting people on board with what you're talking about quickly. But Yeah, so some, some famous ones are like, so you've got the Highlands, yeah, the Lowlands, Speysides, Isla, Islands, and Campbelltown. And is kind Campbelltown of like, as well, yeah. Well, see, Campbelltown used to be sort of unofficially a really big region because it was um it had heaps of distilleries back in the mm. turn of the century. Well, and that, all... that's why it still gets called a region. Yeah. Even now there's only like just... Spring. No, they they built an extra distillery to get them over the line for <laughs> what I believe they needed to sort of be officially called a region. Nice work, Campbelltown. But that's not our focus of today, is it? No, it's not. We are going to talk about a slightly confusing... Two, 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 yeah, distinction between two regions. Mm. We're going to talk about the Highlands. Yes. And we're going to talk about Speyside. Yes. And we're going to ask the question, are they actually the same thing? <laughs> yes, it is a bit confusing. Mm. I suppose if you look at Speyside up in that sort of northeastern part, not not nearly as far north as Scotland goes, but um, in the sort of eastern sunny part, well, that's smack bang in the middle of the Highlands, isn't it? Yeah. So so let's let's try to define the Highlands a bit. So the Highlands... You can kind of see it on a map. There's like a couple of big fault lines that run up mm. across Scotland. The Highlands basically is where sort of it gets high. Um, <laughs> the, the, there's this sort of mountainous region that comes up from where the lowlands are. And that, that starts about 30-ish k's north of um, north of Glasgow. Yep. And then oh, it, it angles up. So it's, it's a lot further north of Edinburgh. And that covers pretty much that whole big top area of Scotland. Yeah, geographically, there, there is really highlands and lowlands. The mm. lowlands is below that. Just Speyside throws a spanner in the works. Yeah, so Speyside relates to the River Spey. It, yep. There's a river that runs through that region called the River Spey, and it's sort of the side of that. Yeah, um, logically, that makes sense, right? So all the distilleries that are just on the banks of that call themselves Speyside, and all the rest call themselves Highlands, right? Absolutely wrong. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is this is this is like um, sorry Scotland. This is like the English language. And not, the Scottish is completely different. Definitely and has mu- far more interesting things. But it's it's kind of like that. I before E except after C except in most cases. Yep, <laughs> exactly right. So mm. there are cases of a lot of famous distilleries which uh, call themselves Highlands when they're right on the banks of the River Spey, or perhaps call themselves Speyside and they're a bit further out. 
Yeah. In fact, we're drinking one right now. It's nice, by the way. It is. So we are drinking at the moment Glen Farkless. So Glen Farkless is one of those ones that smack bang in that sort of space side. Heart of space side. Heart of space side. And let me quote for you off the front of this uh, bottle or tin I'm holding at the moment. Glen Farkless. Highland single malt scotch whiskey. <laughs> yeah, uh, right what? in the heart of Speyside. It says it on the tin. Yep. I mean, there are, there are more, isn't there? The, uh, Glendronic, another famous example. Yep. Um, um, Anak, well, well Nokdu, Nock, which makes Anak. They call themselves a Highland distillery. So, here, so here's an interesting one. So Anak, which is on the eastern side of the River Spey, and it's about, I don't know, 15 to 30 k's east from the River Spey. Yep. They call themselves a Highland distillery. Now, Ben Romack, mm-hmm. Ben Romack, which is to the west of uh, the River Spey, sort of up towards the coast, they're about 30 to 40 k's away from the River Spey. They call themselves a Speyside whiskey. <laughs> I mean, what's going on? Next, next, old Pulteney will be saying that they're a Speyside distillery. Like, where does it stop? Well, actually, I, I read an interesting um, fact about Glen Losser distillery mm. glenn losser claim that they are the confluence of three sort of things because they're they are they reckon they're on the border between so they're east they're east uh northeast of river spay yeah. or like up on the coast so they say that they're on the border between Speyside and highlands and also right on the coast so they reckon <laughs> they're a Highlands, Speyside, Coastal Whiskey. And then you've got the wonderful case of Glengoyne. Glengoyne, who are both a Highland and Lowland distillery. Yep. Um, because the distillery technically is just over the line of the Highlands, but they mature their barrels in a bond store just over the line in the Lowlands. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but no, the Highlands is such a huge region. And you mentioned yeah. Old Portney. Yeah. That... That is in a sort of an area that you could call the Northern Highlands. Mm. It's kind of in that yeah, little Downmore's uh, up there, Glenmorangie, little top hat that sits off the top top uh, left of yeah. of Scotland. That's sort of its own little area. But it's, you think Oban over on the west coast as well. That's mm. a that's a Highland distillery as well. Even though there's nothing high about it, it's sea level. Yeah, they're probably they're probably more sort of close in character to. The island distilleries and character is a good good word actually to talk about now because mm. what's what's one of the things about regions that kind of well, gets flavor profile, isn't it? Like the Highlands, yeah. they're full of this rugged character, whereas the Speysides, they're elegant and smooth, and that's the case for all whiskies, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. Like you, you can just plot them on a graph, and yep. like if they're on in Speyside, they fall in the light and floral area. If they're in Highlands, they're sort of a bit sort of deeper and more robust. If they're like Isla Islands, they're on the smoky sort of side of things. Uh, actually, no. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, so some of the ones that are in Speyside can be quite rich. Yeah, I mean, there's the difference between some of the, the lighter, elegant, smoother ones. Mm. And then there's also the big sherry bombs coming out of there as well. Mm. Well, for example, this Glen Farkless. Like, Glen Farkless is, like, classic for producing uh, sherried whiskies. Now, I would say that they're some of them aren't, like, the heaviest sherry ones ever, but they still have a richness to them. It's... it's Who, who would we sort of say is, like, the, the classic Speyside? I really think Balvenie. Balvenie, yeah. But don't forget Glenfiddich. Yeah, Glenfiddich is there. Glenlivet. 
as yeah. well. Glenlivet, they've got a bit of a bit of a famous past with it as well, don't they? Yeah, well, certainly. You were you were looking into this a bit, weren't you? Yeah, well, this is it. Like it, it became known as like Glenlivet was labelled on different whiskies, even if they weren't made by Glenlivet. It became synonymous with single malt whiskey. It was just a Glenlivet. Yep. Abelau, they they used to release their whiskey as Glenlivet, even though it's Abelau. It's completely different. It wasn't a brand. It was like what well, was a brand that exceeded it. Was like it's like Hoover. It's like Band Aid. Yep. Um, it was Glenlivet, and even Abelau to this day still have Glenlivet plastered all around their distillery. It might be to do with the fact they still have the same owners, mm. but <laughs> um, well, I, I suppose. Th- Glenlivet, when this was happening, so this is around the turn of the century, I think, not the 2000s, the 1900s. Yeah, but all the way through to the middle yeah. of the 20th yeah. century. They they responded to that. They're like, huh, well, all these guys seem to um, think that we're pretty cool. So they responded to that by calling themselves the Glenlivet. Yeah. <laughs> Makes all the difference. As opposed to the other, because I've read about, yeah, a number of them who are who were, yeah, Something rather, Glenlivet. It seemed to be a thing of that sort of turn of the century mm. era that you'd go. Well, it seems to be a trend that has since, um, you know, become unfashionable again. And I'd wager this. This is um, leading up towards my conclusion on the topic. It was very trendy once upon a time mm. to call your whiskey Glenlivet. It is then became, I think, rather trendy to have Highlands plastered on there. Mm. But I think these days we're moving towards a day where plastering Speyside on the front of your bottle is actually quite trendy. I think that is what some whiskies are now tending towards. But back in the day, some of these classics like Glendronic, Glenfarclas, mm. they've still got Highland whiskey printed on there back from their earlier marketing campaigns. Yeah, well, one one that I certainly know about um, is Strathyla. Mm. So I've got a bo- I've got an older bottling of that at home, which I've had for quite a few years. That calls itself a Highland whiskey. Yep. On my bottle, but they rebranded a couple of years ago, and they're new. <laughs> Branding calls them a Speyside whiskey. Well, there you go. It moves with the times, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing. I suppose I suppose at the end of the day, it's all about what your marketing team really feels like is going to sell your... What's going to sell the most bottles. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. I think that um, maybe we won't expect to see Laphroaig labelling themselves as a Highland or even a Speyside whiskey anytime soon, but... Well, we could get into the differences of Isla Drops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. But mm. uh, we've waffled for long enough, so it's about time that we did a review. Indeed. Onwards. Pass me some glasses, Ted. Oh, yes. Here. <laughs> uh, that's such a good visual gag that our listeners at home have missed out on with Ted handing over his spectacles. The Whiskey. So our whiskey review tonight is a very famous distillery and probably a very famous release by now because they've just released their annual special release. This is the... Well, I don't want to give it away just yet. It's a great box. It is a great box. Because, I love the box. Uh, it is inspired by the ratio of sheep to people in the country it's come from. Well, it's come from Scotland, but the uh, the barrels come from a country in which the ratio of sheep to people is seven to one. Mm. It's bloody New Zealand. I really like New Zealand. I've been there a couple of times. There are fantastic people and they do have a lot of sheep. We discovered this whiskey on a podcast session a little while ago and yet we did not know how to pronounce it. Yes, this is the 2020 Ardbeg committee release and here's a little sample of a previous time that we actually tried to figure out how to pronounce it. 
so what what is the uh i beg committee release this year it's the, the black 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 blast blaster no black black what no 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 not black 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 how many a's are there in that word three gosh okay um pinot noir wine cask from from new zealand a kiwi one so mm. it's an all black <laughs> <laughs> um interesting well, may- maybe you've got to maybe <laughs> do, do a hucker to do. tackle it. It's got a sheep on the front. <laughs> nice, love it. Uh, it's got to do. Maybe it's like black. Yeah. <laughs> we got there in the end. Yeah. Black. Black. Yes, we know now. It is the black. We get the joke now. We're a little bit slow to it, but um, mm. we figure it out now and. Not only is this an Ard Bay committee release, this is the 20th committee release. It's a bit of a celebration. Yeah, 20 years of doing releases. Yeah, so it started Although in 2000. 2000 doesn't seem that long ago still, but... Yeah, that's not 20 years, surely. Yeah. So this is the 2020 Ard Bay committee release, which is called the Ard Bay Black. It's, yeah, it's so, fun to say. We're yeah. on an audio medium. Well, let's make the most of it. So, Nicholas, yes, tell me more about this release. So, the reason it is called the Ardbeg Black is because it has been released in New Zealand Pinot Noir casks. New Zealand, just a reminder for our listeners, that is a country that has quite a few sheep. Yes. Many, 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 many. I've I've been to there. They have a like a national sheep show thing. Yep. Um, which I've been to. But although, if you look really closely on the cover of this amazing box, um, you will find many, many sheep and one dog. I can see it now. You can see Shorty. I can see Shorty. It's on Shorty's the other on side. It, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but there's also a black sheep on the front because Artbag really consider themselves to be the black sheep. Of Isla Whiskey. Yeah, they, they do things quite differently there. Yeah, um, unashamedly. Yep. And this is the 2020 different release. Yep. And uh, I'm really lucky to get my hands on it. It's not, it's not impossible, but it's not cheap. In fact, they released two different strengths. So yeah, I've, so this, this one is just the common garden variety one. Yeah, the 46, um, but there was a 50% one the, as well. The 50% one, I think. So this has got the white box, mm. the... Car strength one has the black box, but I'm I'm pleased I've got some anyway because we live in Tasmania. Tasmania has got a, a real connection with New Zealand. I think climate wise and the wine that is produced in New Zealand, we can really relate to. So maybe in 2030, Ardbeg might really say Ardbeg Devil. Yep. Right. So I think with the connection to sheep, that the nose is relatively grassy. Yeah. I think it's not as peaty as some Ardbeg releases, although it's definitely there. Mm. There is there is definitely that Isle of Funk, but Yeah, yeah, funk like like wet wool. Mm. Like you've been hiking in a woolen jumper and it rained on you because it's Scotland and um you didn't dry it properly and now it smells a bit funky. I just gun a sheep and draped it over myself. Yeah. There's a bit of a red currant or a Perhaps a underripe strawberry or something coming through, but mm. it's it's a bit subtle on the nose, but not in a bad way. Well, co- compared to, compared to another island sheep related um, whiskey, the um, Flurky uh, Sheep Dung Smoked Matured. Um, I think it's got the wood. This this is much better. Oh yeah, shall we have a sip? Let's let's do that. Hello, 
Hi. Okay, so there is the Pete. The Pete is there. But there's a really... There's something different too. I'm still getting grassiness. I'm getting like... This is like... Okay, in this scenario, I am a sheep. <laughs> and I am... I, for some reason, I've taken a wrong turn at um, Taranga and ended up um, in Port Escag. Uh, <laughs> and I've I've started to meander over the uh, peat, like the peat bogs, and I'm nibble, nibbling at the peat, and I'm getting sort of this grassy, earthy, mossy sort of coastal, yeah, dirty sort of taste <laughs> in my mouth as a sheep. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a, a hint of. Like a sort of raspberry leaf thing, but then it's sort of morphing into a red fruits, maybe a pink marshmallows. Yes. Mm. Always, always with pink marshmallows. That is the classic flavour of Ardbeg. Everyone <laughs> knows that. Pink marshmallows all the way. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, the, the sooty, ashy thing is still there underneath, but mm. I really think this is different to a lot of Ibeg. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's like it's no um Ibeg ten year old. No, it's a certain. It's it's a lot different to some Ibeg releases I've had, and it's different to Ibeg committee releases. I think I think your enjoyment of this will depend how much you like Pete. Like if if you if you're a Pete hater, then this is definitely not for you. No, if you're a Pete lover, then. It might not be for you also, but you'll find something to really interest you in it. Yeah, I really think if you're a, a peat head who is looking for something different, it's right here in a bottle. Mm. It's not the peatiest whiskey you're ever going to try, but it's really flavoursome. Yeah, it has a it has a different profile to what you'd normally find mm. from our bag. Right, well... So, Nicholas, what do you think of this in terms of a starring rating... It appeals. It really does appeal. Like, I, I love the Ibeg 10 for what it is, but this one actually does have an X factor to me. So I'm, I'm going to go four. I am going to go a very, very high three. Yep. Like, it, it's on the on the verge of breaking into four, but there's just some flavors in there that are like I'm not entirely sure on, and I think I'm going to have to drink a bit more. But... I, I will say it's a, it's a very, very, very high three. Mm. Like, it's about as high as three as you can get before you cross into four. But I'm I'm just not entirely convinced that it necessarily crosses into that four territory. Yep. You need shorty here to convince you. Yapping at your heels. Mm. Anyway, that was the Ardbeg. Three, B- two, one. Black. Black. Stay. Stay Rover, stay. <laughs> um, stay shorty, stay, because we're on Ardbeg. Yes. Whiskey, would you rather? Nick, you're looking at me with a speculative uh, gleam in your eye. That's because I want to ask you, Whiskey, would you rather? No, nah, no, nah, we're just not doing it. <laughs> we yeah. are doing it, and it, it's a good one. Oh, it's always so hard. That's what she said. So, we've been talking about various Ardbeg committee releases. So, I've sort of thought about, we like Ardbeg, but yes. we also like Lagavulin. Oh. So, <laughs> oh no, whiskey would you rather? One bottle of each of the Ardbeg committee releases for the last 20 years. Ooh. Just the one bottle. Far out. But one of every single release. Or, would you rather... A never-ending case of Lagavulin 16-year-old. 
I'm really interested to know what our listeners at home would think. Yeah, before looks- before we jump in with our own opinions, like obviously there are only twenty bottles of Ardbeg, mm. but they're all different. But there's also the Lagavulin sixteen, which you know you could keep showing people this bottle for the next eighty years. So Ted, what's it going to be? Well, right, okay. I'm so Lagavulin was founded in. Was that a 17 or an 18? Uh, 18, 18, because it only just recently celebrated 200 years. So. Yes. Lagavulin has been going for 200 years already, and I'm banking that it will go on for at least 200 years more. And therefore, the 16-year-old, if Diageo is good, is a good steward and doesn't jack the price up too much like it's trying to do and doesn't get rid of it in favour of it like an 8-year-old, grr, the 16 will continue to be there. And hopefully... If I maintain a reasonable job, I will continue to be able to afford it. But I will never and would never have the opportunity to try 20 years of Ardbeg committee releases unless they magically appear <laughs> as part of this segment. And so I'm going to choose the Ardbegs because like, there's only 20 of them. But they're whiskies that I will not get the opportunity to try again. I would not have the opportunity to try in the first place. I've, I mean, I've had drums before. I think that's about the only community release I've ever had. Supernova. Supernova. The, oh. the third one. The, yeah. the the poor cousin of the Supernova yeah. series. Yes. And so I am going to choose those. And I will savor them. I will probably, like, maybe I will take them like op- open them in front of serious collectors and watch them cry as I pour <laughs> drams into my glass and and say to them, whiskey is for drinking. Hmm. Um, but yes, that that is what I will do because I am hopefully predicting that Lagavulin 16 will continue on into the future and I will still be able to afford it and I will still buy it and I will still enjoy it. And I, it, it's essentially a magical case that never ends, <laughs> except I have to keep paying for every bottle that comes out of it. Yeah. And Ted, you are absolutely 100% right at the moment. Yes. If the whiskey landscape changes and the Lager Volume 16 is got rid of and the Ardbeg releases continue forever, like you made the wrong decision. But at the moment, I really think you've made the right decision. Because we have got a, a few different drams that we enjoy drinking, but we wouldn't get through a whole Ardbeg committee release in a year. New. No. And so in the last sort of 20 years, there's been some amazing committee releases. Some have been great, some have been good, but there have been none that have been poor. At least I, I assume, we, I assume. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, we can't actually empirically verify this. But... Yeah, I, I, I think that the variety absolutely comes to the fore in this situation. But in 50 years' time, say, when we're sitting around as sort of, um, we've just reached our octogenarian status and we're thinking, what do we want to dream of? We just want the same Lagavulin 16 that we had when we were 20 and we first discovered Peter Whiskey. Bloody hell, wouldn't it be good to just have that unending case that we could go back to? Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll regret this conversation in um, 15 years' I know, years I know. And so, like, the thing you like, uh, that Ardbeg grew is, like, it doesn't, doesn't really justify the fact that we can't bloody get this like of all the 16 anymore. I don't know, I don't know. In 2020, I want 20 different Ardbegs. Bloody oath. Because it- they're all different, they're all 
a certain cast strength, they've got this all. They've got something to talk about. They've got a talking point for each one. That's what I want. Mm. Um, so r- really interested to see what a uh, 2070 whiskey waffle. Gosh, Far out. if you're listening to this in 2070, <laughs> we have um, done a lot better than we expected. You are my hero. Mm. But yeah, in in all probability, we'll probably be you know on our deathbed because of our alcohol poisoning, and you know that'll be. <laughs> We'll be we'll be dreaming about the days where we could get this amazing like a villain sixteen year old, which was mm. discontinued in twenty twenty one by Bloody Diageo, and the eight year old was continued through. Yep. Oh, tell tell us what you think. Lob, lob a carrier pigeon over, or mm. com- more conventionally, uh, get us on our Twitter or our uh, Instagram or our Facebook. Yep. And yeah, let us know. Yeah, it's just it's a good package. Why, it would you. be, yeah, I know. I've been admiring your package all night, Ted. Mm. Um, you can't do that over Zoom. No, <laughs> no idea about people's package. It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, business on top, party in the bottom. <laughs> Dram in the box. Previously on Dram in the box. We're quite excited about opening boxes with the microphones turned on. This is a testament as to why you probably shouldn't look at whiskey sites while you are slightly inebriated. Do you have some Mac Mirror in this box, Ted? I do have some Mac Mirror. I've, got, I've got some weird Mac Mirror in this box. This is this is a Mac Mirror called AI01 Intelligence. Master Blender, a Mr. Artificial Intelligence. Are you confused? Is this whiskey made by robots? With this data set, the AI can generate more than 70 million recipes that it predicts will be popular and of the highest quality. But if anyone else wants to contribute to Dram in the Box, um, if we receive any goodies in the post, um, then maybe uh, maybe we'll open it there and then on the pod and and do it instantly. Um, Oh, Nicholas. Yes. I would like to contribute to Dram in the Box. You would like to contribute. I would like to contribute to Dram in the Box. We just did, didn't you? Would you like another Dram in the Box? Another Dram in the Box? But there's, there's only one box. There's two in the box. <laughs> Nicholas. Yes. How arachnophobic are you? Um, if I know that they're coming, then I'm all right. I mean, ar- arachnids. Arachnids are sort of a, a pretty cool group. They've you've got you've got your spiders, obviously. Um, you've got things called harvestmen. They're they're kind of weird. Ticks are disgusting. <laughs> Ugh, ticks. Mites. Mites like a very weird. But. There is another arachnid in there that I have not mentioned. Can you think? Can you think what it is? I, does it need eight legs? It has eight legs. It also has a. It has a rather interesting bum. Um, it's got a, an earwig. Pinches on the front and a big spike on the back. Um, they live in the deserts. A scorpion. A scorpion. I see. How would you like some scorpions? What on earth is that? Rock and roll star. What? This is a single malt whiskey. Now get get this. Not this, from Sweden. Could well be actually. Uh, <laughs> it has been in cherry casks. What? Like cherry cherry wood? Sort of. Okay. Not not really. So let let me just, let me just read read the back of this to you. Mm. As soon as good times roll, the timing is perfect for Scorpions Rock and Roll Star Single Malt Whiskey. Partly matured in oak barrels previously containing German cherry wine ah. and American oak ex-bourbon casks, yeah. the odds are you'll love this whiskey at the first sting. Mm-mm. 
Enjoy responsibly. Don't black out. Okay, so there's a certain target market they're going for then. Now, this is actually produced by McMira. Oh, right. Okay, so it is. It's 40%, but I think it... My understanding, I think, is that it's it's produced for like a... People to shot. (laughs) I hope not. I hope it's better than that. There you go. Just the, the marketing sounds so shottish. Yeah. I think it's by a like a um sort of club for their patrons to shot. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be a weird one to try. I I give you that. It's Yeah. I'm assuming yeah, there's that sort of sweetness from the cherry wine. Yeah, Germ- like German cherry wine casks. You can't get much weirder than that. Nicholas. Yes. Would you like to play Dram in a Box? What? There is more Dram in the Box. How big is this box? Uh, it, it's not quite TARDIS in dimensions, but... No, it's getting there, though. As, a as, mini I, hidden away. as I did mention, this is why you shouldn't go purchasing under the influence. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you name a car-related sort of early-ish heavy rock band? Car-related early Sort of car-related. I mean, they've got a name that might evoke cars and things like that. Um, Black Sabbath. No. Um... Iron Maiden. No. What 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 is a car used to um propel itself? Uh Motorhead. Motorhead. Yeah, yeah, very much an early. One of the early heavy yep. metal bands. How do you feel about Motorhead Whiskey? Motorhead Whiskey. I've actually heard of this. Have you heard of this? Yeah. So this is you'll be you won't be surprised to find mm. another McMira. Right, yeah, yeah. So we've Hence we've, the box. we've, we've so, got the McMira triple threat. Yeah, no, I've I've read about this on one of the music sites I follow. Yes. Um. Anyway, the guy the guy from Motorhead was helped select the barrels for this. Yeah. Now this like if the Scorpions had like a, a bit of a rock one, this has yeah. got like a very like hard rock. Oh yeah. Sort of heavy rock. Look at that color. It's aged. It's aged in bourbon casks. Okay. It's, it's got a, like a double dot over the O. Uh, 40%. How's it that colour if it's been in bourbon casks? <sighs> Let's... 8150. <laughs> a unique whiskey, specially distilled and aged in the darkest of wine... Of, oh, sorry. I thought it was wine. No, it's it's just the gothic script. <laughs> mine shafts. All oh, right. To celebrate 40 years of the loudest rock and roll band to ever grace our ears, enjoy Motorhead for life. Interesting. That, yeah, it, it is very dark for a bourbon. Yeah, well... <laughs> There we go. Heavy metal whiskey. Well, are you excited to try any of these? I yeah, I am I'm super excited. I, I guess I'm not sure what to expect from from Motorhead. My slightly I don't know if I'm gonna like it, cherry wine sort of thing going on with the Scorpions. And the um artificial intelligence I probably will really like and then feel really bad about. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Triple dram in a box. So dram in a box has kept us on our toes, but feel free to feel free to send us a dram in the box. Send us an email, whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. We'll send you details. Love to review whatever you've got floating around. Um, tell you what, last time we asked for this, we got some toothpaste flavored whiskey. So um, yeah, could go either way. But um, dram in the box is something that I love to do a bit more of in the future. Just mainly for that jingle. Ted, we have waffled long and we've waffled hard. Far out. That was a lot of waffling. But you know what we haven't done? We haven't talked about Tasmania. Yes, we have. Okay, sorry. You're absolutely right. We have talked about Tasmania. We talked about Tasmania at the start of the episode when we promised that we wouldn't because we were going to talk about Scotland. <laughs> yes, we tried and we failed. But that's okay because I'm, I'm sure that our listeners will be, I say vaguely interested, will be mildly interested. 
Hopefully AWH doesn't uh, get angry with us for revealing their publicly available report on the internet. So far, so good, but who knows what's going to happen. Like, Well, look, if you're from AWH, get in contact with us and yeah. give, give us an exclusive interview. Be- and, and if you're from Diageo, get in touch as well because we want to controversial topics about you as yes, well. Yes, Diageo, if you're there, let us have a conversation about the like of all an eight-year-old. Yeah, but we've run out of drams. Yep, I'm seeing a sea of empty glasses around here. Yeah. And that that's... water glass that you've picked up and just tried to spill <laughs> does not count. That's okay. The whiskey is fine. But I think it's time we said goodnight. Yes, let's do that. Anyway, mm. good night. I was Ted. And I was Nick. And we will see you, sort of. Not not visually. We will speak to you next time. We will talk at you. Anyway. Keep on waffling. Good night. Good night. Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Black! Black.